Hi, welcome back to Choosing Life. I'm Emma. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Abigail. And today we're going to be talking about what the Bible has to say about abortion. Abortion brings up a lot of questions, and we want to be able to answer those questions using solely the Bible. So today we're going to be looking about what the Bible says. Because it is our epistemic source, and we want to make sure we use it as our basis for all of our values and beliefs. One of the first questions that often come up when talking about abortion is why we should value life. And to answer this, we look to Psalm 103, which says, Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And Isaiah 64, 8, which says, But now, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are our potter. And we are all the work of your hand. And these two verses demonstrate that we should value life because God created that life. And and it is his from the from the beginning therefore we should value it another question that often comes up with abortion is who created us jeremiah 1 5 says before i formed you in the womb i knew you and before you were born i consecrated you i appointed you a prophet to the nations another verse we can look to is psalms 139 verses 13 through 16 which says for you formed my inward parts you knitted me together in my mother's womb i praise you for i am fearfully and wonderfully made Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw me unformed, my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed from me, when as yet there was none of them. So this shows that God knows who you are before you are even created, and he creates you, and he knows who you are. It is also important to remember that not only did God create us, but he created his, us in his image. And this just puts even more value on everyone's lives. The next question posed is, are the unborn human beings? Uh, biblically, it says in Luke one forty one and 44, When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, saying, As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. So this just shows that the baby does have a soul and does have life within the womb. And if we even look scientifically, it it has been proven that the zygote, the earliest stage of a pregnancy, like that fetus is a human being. So we cannot deny that the unborn child is a human being. Yeah, and this verse also shows that like the baby had feelings and they're experiencing things even though they aren't outside in the world with everyone else. The next question posed is, who is responsible for life and death? And in Deuteronomy 30, 19, it says, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today, that I've set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live. And the fifth commandment is that thou shalt not kill. So it is clear that God is the one who controls life and death. He's the one who gives life and he's the one who takes away life. And we are not allowed as human beings to take away that life because it is his and his alone. Another question that is posed is regarding rape or incest. We can look to Deuteronomy 24, 16, which says, Fathers shall not be put to death for their children, nor shall children be put to death for their fathers. A person shall be put to death for his own sin. So this shows that no one should be punished for somebody else's sin. And in the case of rape or incest, the act is the sin, not the child being created. That is not the sin. So therefore, it is not right to kill the child because it is not their fault that the act was committed in the first place. 
Another question that comes up is uh, whether a child that is known that is going to be disabled or have a tough life, is it worth it to keep them in the first place? And some of the verses that go along with that uh, include Isaiah 45, 9 through 11, which says, So the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth, or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Another verse, 1 Corinthians 1, 27, says, Yet to shame the wise, God has chosen what the world counts folly, and to shame what is strong, God has chosen what the world counts weakness. Both of these verses point to the idea that God is in control and that uh, every human being, whether or not they're disabled, is created in his image. It also shows that God chooses to protect those who cannot protect themselves, and we have that obligation as well, so we are called to protect the lives of unborn children. And finally, there's the question of what is a woman's relationship to the child growing inside her? Because both sides, pro-choice and pro-life, tend to isolate to only support the life of the mother or to only support the life of the child. But in Psalms 127.3, it says, Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the, of the womb is a reward. So this demonstrates that a child is a gift to a mother, that a mother is blessed by God with a child. And so the relationship of the two, they're both, it's a blessing to one another and so it's not right to isolate one or the other in terms of understanding who has rights the mother or the child it's both and both are a gift to each other yeah they're both valued equally in god's eyes and therefore they should be in our eyes so in the end with all of this evidence that we've looked at from the bible can you be a Christian and pro-choice at the same time? Are these two ideologies compatible? Because 61% of all abortions are obtained by women who claim to be evangelical Christians. So I think we need to understand if these two ideologies are even compatible. And we would say that looking at the Bible, that God only approves things that he believes are righteous. And in order to make abortion and Christianity compatible, you have to be able to say that God would be pleased with the policy of abortion and that he would affirm it. But anyone who reads any of these verses would know that there is no way that God would ever affirm abortion. He believes in the sanctity of life. And so we would say that these two ideologies are not compatible and that you can't be a Christian and also affirm the ideology of abortion and be pro-choice. Thank you for listening and join us next time as we discuss common pro-choice arguments. See you, See you next, next time, time on Choosing Life! life.